Hey world, this is Ross here. This is my podcast, episode 14, coming at you live. Live on Instagram, at least. Not live. If you're listening only because I am uh, posting this probably in an hour or so. Um, anyway, yeah, so I'm here. I'm back home. Back home for a couple weeks. Made the big drive, me and Tina. I'll tell you all about it. But um, until then... I have uh, some really cool shows coming up. You can go to rosslivermore.com to check out all the stuff. But if you're in New England and you have the Saturday off, you should come to Atatash up in the White Mountains region of New Hampshire, one of my favorite places in the whole world, uh, to go and visit and to play. Um, we're playing up at Atatash Mountain this Saturday on July 14th um, from 3 o'clock to 6. Me, Paul, and Phil the old-fashioned trio set. It's going to be awesome. I'm really pumped about that. Um, so yeah, if you're up in New England and you have the weekend off and you feel like making the trek up to New Hampshire, you should totally come because it's going to be great. Um, also, Dude Stoked. We have some brand new tanks. You could check it out on Your Dude Stoked, the Instagram page, or we also have a big cartel <clears throat> store set up. I think it's either bigcartel.dudestoked.com or the other way around. Either way, just look up Dude Stoked Big Cartel and I'm sure you'll find it. Cool new tanks. Um, and as always, you can check out the Hey World playlist on Spotify. I just updated that as I normally do weekly. I just put a new um, Alan Stone's new song on there, which is great. There's a good performance of him and the band doing that at uh, the Special Olympics. Which is cool, and a bunch of other new stuff. And you can always, always check out my music on Spotify. Just look up Ross Livermore. Uh, the six-month anniversary of This Is Not Forever, I think, just happened. Um, but yeah, all that stuff's on Spotify. Check it out. And uh, yeah, so here we are. Episode 14 of Hey World. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, so here we are in Peabody, Massachusetts, my hometown. I'm at my mom's house right now doing the podcast at this mobile um, podcast studio thing uh, I have set up down here. So I brought, basically, I'll walk you through it if you're on the Instagram feed. I have this, let me uh, do the old camera flip. So I'm using... Logic Express, which I actually got this program in college, um, which is cool. I, I mean, I don't know how it's going to sound. I feel like the sound quality is going to be pretty similar. I'm using the same mic and the same... So I got this Aston Origin. Actually, I've never really walked you guys through like the, the equipment that I'm doing or I'm using for this podcast, which I don't know. Like Podcasting is weird because... It's, I don't know, if, if you have somewhat of an idea how to use any DAW, any program like Pro Tools, Logic, whatever other ones there are, and you have a mic and you have something to say, I feel like most people should just do a podcast. Because it's, it's not really that difficult to do if you kind of have a clue about this like recording stuff. I'm not really a good engineer. I don't really 
I can't, I couldn't like record someone's, someone else's music, but basically I've gotten to a point where I can make solid demos to send to the guys that I play with. Um, so I do like acoustic demos and, and, uh, and vocals and stuff like that. So I've gotten to a point where it's like, it's pretty solid and I don't really mess with drums or, or any other like wild sounds because I think partly one, because I don't really know how to do it. And two, if I send songs to Paul or Phil or any other guys that I'm playing with, I kind of like to let them come up with their own parts anyways. So I'll send a really good like acoustic demo. Um, and yeah, and that's how I, that's how I do all my demoing stuff. But normally when it comes to the podcast, I'll show you again. So I'm using my laptop. This laptop is super old in computer terms. I think it's like a 10 year old laptop that I've had forever. Bay dogs in the house. Let's hang out, dude. I'm home. Give him a little wave there. Um, so yeah, I got this Logic Express, which is an old program. So I'm gonna, I'm kind of curious to see if the sound quality is gonna be a little different based on the program alone. Then I use an Aston Origin mic, which these Aston mics are so awesome. I recorded all the demos for the new music on this mic, all the vocals at least. And man, it sounds so good. I'm really pumped about this mic. And then I have a Focusrite, <clears throat> like a MIDI. It's a MIDI Focusrite, so I can hook up. I just got a new like um, MIDI controller keyboard thing. And uh, what is this? You were talking about what, Mr. Please? I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> like always, I'm getting distracted by the Instagram feed. And that, yeah, so I have that. And then I got a couple, like, um, external hard drives so I don't clutter up the uh, the old hard drive on the computer. And then just, like, a kick drum mic. And that's all you need to do a podcast. Um, super easy. But, yeah, so uh, I think one of the issues that I have right now is... I think I'm, I'm, I have it like the, there's like a phasing thing going on in my headphones. It sounds like two different voices are out of phase. I don't really know how to fix that. So I'm just, I'm just battling through it. You know what I mean? Just working through the adversity as one does. Um, Bay Dog, what's going on, man? What, we, should, uh, we should get some sushi and some pho. And drink some brews in the backyard. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm back. Back for two weeks. I am uh, playing. We're doing a trip up to New Hampshire. I'm actually super excited for this trip because I'm um, working through it. You got to work through it, dude. Just adversity all around us. <laughs> um, yeah, doing a trip up to New Hampshire, which is going to be great. I was just mentioning at the beginning of the podcast that the show up at Atatash. But, oh no, my plug came undone. Um, I'm just really pumped to get up there anyways and hang out because we get a big crew coming up we got the band the babes so me paul phil vicky who's phil's girlfriend kate paul's wife and the griff is coming up uh and just a bunch of buddies of mine my cousin john and gene who i've mentioned on this podcast they're bringing wesley and we're doing a big uh we're doing a hike and they're taking wes and the dog and randy sacco the big um John Bud and Anna, just like high school friends, but like just friends. I don't know. 
that's one thing I miss about when it, now that I live in Nashville. It's like I have I've had these deep rooted friendships with people I've known for pretty much the majority of my life, and uh, I don't really get to see them as much anymore just because I I don't live here. Um, so so every summer normally I come back for like a couple weeks. The first time I think I think the first summer I was in Nashville I came back for like six weeks or some like really long period, which might've been too long. Um, but yeah, I'm back for two weeks and I'm just really excited to like spend quality time with, with friends and family and just get to see everybody because being away is tough sometimes. So yeah, it's nice that through music you can book cool shows and also like not just treat it as a show. You know what I mean? It's like a, not just, okay, we're just going to go up and, and play our songs and then leave. It's like you get to enjoy the the area that you're playing in and the people that get to come and see the show and, and, and use it as work, but also play. And um, I don't know, for some of these shows that we've done all of, I mean, I've, we've been playing up at Atatash for six, seven years. I don't know. It's just really great to, to be able to use that um, as kind of an anchor for quality time spent with friends and family. So yeah, that's cool. And then we're going to do this hike up Mount Shikorowa, which is a cool mountain up in New Hampshire that uh, is, I think like, I don't know, 4,000 feet. So it's a, it's a, it's a solid hike. Once you get above the tree line, uh, just a super pointy mountain. So I'm going to get some rock climbing in, which I think is cool. Um, I don't think I've hiked that mountain since I was a kid. So I'm really excited for that. Um, Bay Dog's texting me. Let's see what he's... I know. <laughs> said computers are cray-cray. So actually, Bay, the Bay Dog... Oh, did I just leave the live feed? Let me get back to it. Uh, I don't know how to do this goddamn shit. <laughs> Let me see here. I'm going to end it and then start it again. End the live feed, start it again. So, yeah, Bay Dog is a good friend of mine. He played in our band for a long time. And, uh, all right, I'm going live again. He was one of the reasons that I started growing all the plants at my house. So, I got a pretty good garden. I'm still a, I'm still a novice when it comes to growing plants. Growing tomatoes. I'm jealous of everyone in Massachusetts because they can grow weed now. And uh, I'm just the schmuck growing cucumbers and tomatoes in, in my front in my front yard. But, um, yeah, he uh, he was the reason why I started growing food. He's the, Anytime I come up with a new recipe or he has a new recipe, we always uh, share it with each other. Um, you know, it's funny. Moving to Nashville was great for music it was a great move for me personally and through music but I think naturally I've just developed new hobbies that I wouldn't have developed otherwise and one of them is cooking and I think just through necessity I got uh I became a better cook because you know I'm I'm in my 30s now I'm kind of sick of eating like shitty food and I'd rather you know be better at it. So, so I just started like, I don't know, I think through being poor and like figuring out, like I didn't really work for the first three or four months. You just have to like 
do stuff and eat better food. And I think through, through all that, uh, through that move, I, one of the byproducts of moving to Nashville, I started to become a better cook and I started like growing plants, um, and exercising. And it's been, it's, I don't know, it's been great. And, uh, yeah, I think that's one of the cool things about the move is all these other side hobbies that I've developed through, um, through being there. But yeah, so I'm back home as you can see on this live feed. Um, and I may, I drove back. So Emma is out for the summer. She's a high school teacher and she flew back a week ago. So it was me, Dan and Tina in the house and Tina, she's, you know, dogs are used to routine. So she was all thrown off, but the plan was Emma would fly back and I would drive back with Tina. So my aunt lives in, um, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, which is about 11 hours from Nashville, right on the way to Massachusetts. So, um, it's always a great middle, middle point for the drive. So I, Tina and I drove home. We made the drive to Mechanicsburg and it took us about 11, I think like 12 hours with stops. We made three stops and I just podcasted the whole time. All I did was listen to, all I did was listen to podcasts. I actually didn't listen to one song the whole ride, which I think was messing with me mentally. I think I should have taken a break because what I did was listen to, um, Burt, I finally listened to Burt Kreischer's podcast, which I think is really good. The first one I listened to was, uh, it was Tom Segura, Bill Burr and Burt Kreischer. And those, that whole crew of comedians, like the whole Rogan friendship crew, it's like, you know, Burt, Kreischer, Tom Segura, Ari Shafir, um, Joe Rogan, obviously, like Bill Burr, all those guys. Anytime you get any of those dudes in a group on a podcast, it's just super entertaining. So listen to that. I listened to Cocaine and Rhinestones, which was like that. Uh, I think I mentioned that on the last episode. And um, which is just like a deep uh, country music podcast telling all these like obscure stories the one that i listened to actually was about the pill with loretta lynn and how that was banned from radio and then i listened to a podcast about the civil war which was fucking crazy um i think that was the one that gave me all the anxiety i was driving like man these people are like you know we think of how like crazy the world is right now um and it is for sure but these people back in the 1850s, 1840s were like terrible to each other, like awful. And I think looking back, I was like drinking a ton of coffee, just getting frustrated <laughs> listening to this podcast, which was great. It was just called The Civil War, A History. And I actually, I think I listened to like 19 episodes or something like that. And I'm not even at the war yet. I finally just got to Lincoln's election. Uh, actually, it's not even Lincoln's election. It was the, these Lincoln debates with, I think, Stephen Douglas. Um, but man, just people... It's amazing how it even worked back then. Um, but yeah, that's what I listened to on the ride. And finally made it yesterday, got home, um, safe, safe and sound, got reunited Tina with the Griff, and she was pumped. I think she was more excited to see the dog than she was to see me, um, which is fine. You know, it's cool, whatever. Um, <laughs> but we, uh, 
Yeah, it's just great to be back. I think sometimes, like, I love Nashville. I think moving to Nashville was one of the best decisions I've ever made, easily. Uh, But sometimes it's nice to get out. I think there's this level of, like, I don't know, self-importance that a lot of, like, aspiring artists have there there that is just very undeserved and frustrating for me to deal with. (laughs) You know, like... I don't know, people that just have, like, a huge Instagram following or, like, have a ton of Spotify streams, but they're not playing any shows and they just walk around town, like, on a Monday night, fully dressed to the nines, like, going to Whiskey Jam, and it's just, like, you haven't done anything yet. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just so frustrating sometimes. So it's nice to get out and kind of, like, spend time with, like, old friends and family and just kind of get out of the... Get out of the being surrounded by the mindset of where like everyone has an agenda. I don't know, which I think is cool for a lot of ways. I th- I think one of the reasons why I like Nashville is that everyone is grinding, everyone's on it. But there's also this like, you know, people have a big Instagram following, or people are like, I don't know. It's 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 a weird. It's hard to it's hard to describe, but. I feel like you just get that in an industry town. Like people are, there's a facade about that. People are like putting on where it's like, just work. You know what I mean? Just work hard, be a good person, write good music, continually try to better yourself uh, personally and professionally. And like, I don't know. I was talking actually, I was talking to Paul about this last night and like the Spotify stream thing. Oh, the slow drag Austin. What's up, dude? Um, the Spotify stream thing is such a like weird, uh, weird thing to navigate right now in music. Cause like, I get it. You want people to listen to your music. You want people, you want to be heard. You want your songs that you, um, that you work your ass off on to be heard by people. Oh, D what up, dude? Let's hang out this weekend. Let's, uh, (laughs) yeah, let's party, dude. Um, yeah, Spotify streams are weird because you want, like, you want people to hear your music, of course. But, you know, you see artists and they spend all their time trying to do the, like, Wolfpack, uh, like, get people to stream your stuff. But, like, they were creative, at least. They put out an album of silence. And they got people to stream it in their sleep. They weren't getting like, hey, like stream, stream my music, stream my music, like put it on all your devices so I can get my stream count up. And it's like you want your stream count to be high, but you want it to be an organic thing. Um, But like a number is just a number. Like if you can and it doesn't matter if that number is high, if you're not touring and you're not out writing and you're not putting out music. It's like if you have a high Spotify stream count, that looks great. And to the casual music fan, um, it's it's important. Or it's not even important. It just looks really good. But, like, where are the tour dates? You know what I mean? Like, where is the constant stream of, like, YouTube videos and content that you're putting out? You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 it has to be, like, a well-rounded approach as opposed to just, all right, my Spotify numbers are super high. And um, you can see it. It's like... With I, I think about it with like I don't know, I'm trying to think of a band. 
like Alan Stone, for example, has like, I think his new song has like a million streams, which is amazing. It's amazing. But, um, you know, when you look at like someone like Drake, there's like crazy amounts of streams, but like the Alan Stone group, they're like selling out huge venues and it's awesome. But then you look at, you know, like smaller bands that might get like Spotify playlist and their streams are way higher, but they're not doing as bigger rooms. So it's like, it gets to a point where I think it's really important, but it's, it, it is kind of hard to gauge. And plus like, what happens when Spotify's gone? You know, like what happens five years from now when, um, when there's a new streaming service, then what, you know? So I think it's important for artists to keep up with what's happening now. Obviously, that's why I'm doing this podcast. You know what I mean? But also, it's important to kind of come back to what the main thing is and what it's always been, and that is uh, writing good songs and continually putting out work that you love, like first and foremost, that you are proud of. Um, and that's the stuff that's going to translate because you could put it in front of anyone, but like if it doesn't come from a good place and it doesn't come from a good community that you've built, I mean, I people are not stupid, you know? People will see through that so easily. And I think... Um, I think that that is more important than getting these Spotify numbers up. Um, even though that, you know, you want people to listen to your stuff too. I don't know. I don't even know how I really got onto this topic anyways. Um, oh, Cindy, what's happening? I know I got to get back up to Buffalo. Buffalo is a weird place because like we've, we recorded our first, um, oh yeah. Yeah, and, and plus, like, you're not making a ton of money on Spotify unless you're getting in the millions anyways. Um, yeah, so so Buffalo, sorry. Um, Buffalo, we recorded our first record ever up there. Up in, uh, actually, so cra- crazy story. So we, um, we had a manager when I first started. His name is Josh Terrell, still a really good friend of mine. And... We, he, uh, we were talking about doing a new record and, um, he suggested us working with his good friend, Ryan Doyle and Ryan's partner, Joey Seccaroli. So, you know, back then, I think we were, I don't know, it was probably like around 2009, eight, we were like just starting out and I was like clueless. So we had one conversation with Ryan, Joey, and we're like, okay, let's go up to Buffalo and record a record. (laughs) And we had like, we didn't plan a place to stay. We didn't plan anything. Luckily, like we just got there and Ryan's parents happened to be out of town. So he's like, yeah, you can just stay at my parents' house, which thank God, because like we didn't book a hotel. We just drove to Buffalo, not meeting these guys. It could have been a complete nightmare. Um, but yeah, so we ended up going up there, like rented a Penske truck, put all our gear in the truck and and drove up and we we recorded the first half in Medina, New York, which actually is where my good friend now, Brandon Norick, who I wrote uh, a couple songs on the new record, uh, is from. And we bonded over that, which was kind of this crazy full circle moment. Um, but yeah, my first experience with Buffalo, New York was 
going there blindly to record a record, which for the time we thought was like the best thing. It was like incredible. We're like, if we don't make, if we don't get famous from this record, there's no justice in the world. Um, but I listen to that stuff now and, uh, man, it was just all over the map. Like there was no, uh, there was no, um, like unity between the band. It was like, we had a sax player who was playing that like a solo sax. And then our guitar player at the time was like really into Trey and fish. So there was like this kind of fishy sound over like singer songwriter type music. Um, Cindy asked, did we record that in the winter? No, it would, no, hell no. <laughs> we wouldn't go up to Buffalo in the winter. We weren't that dumb that, we didn't book a hotel, but uh, no, we, um, we, I think, actually, when the hell was that? I think it was in like the spring. Um, Because I, rec- I released my first record in October of 2008. And that was the one I did here in Salem with Jesse Cimentaro, who we cut one of his songs on the new record, which is another. Everything's coming full circle here. Um, and then I think we went up probably either in the summer or the late summer or early fall of 2009. I think that's what it was. And man, what an experience. There's, you know, I I look back now at some of the stuff that we did, like even recording the record in New York City, the the self-titled one, uh, which I I think I should probably dedicate a podcast to that one too. Um, Man, we, there's the, the path of an unknown artist. Like I, every time I look at a record, even if, if it's like, ACDC all the way down to like the no name person who's never going to be heard from ever. You still look at that record and you're like, man, like, even if you don't like it, they, they put a lot of work into it. Even if you half ass it, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done to put out a record. And I think, um, I don't know. It's just kind of cool to look back on our process from like the conception of like Ross Livermore is going to be a solo artist to today and me now living in Nashville and continuing to do it. Um, There's just so many things that have happened from that first day and that first maybe like CD release party until this moment. And I'm sure there'll be that, that happening from 10 years from now it's like the 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 timeline of an artist's career is just so cool to look back on i think that's important to do sometimes too like i I know like i'm excited to be home because i can like take a, a step back and like reflect a little bit and then go back with like fresh legs you know what i mean in in the honor of the world cup like go in with fresh legs but um I think it's important to look back and I think that kind of keeps us from going crazy. And, you know, just saying like, you know, you, even if you're not where you want to be as an artist, like you've still done good work and you're further along now than you would have been and that you were 10 years ago. It's crazy. I mean, it's, a, that's, that's music. That's being an artist. It's a lifetime of work. Like the work never stops. I think the reward, really, 
for being an artist now is more work. That's the, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, pe- I think a lot, and that's what I, I get frustrated with some of these people in Nashville who just want to be famous, you know, like they see a reality show and they just want to be on that show and they want to be famous for something. And music just happens to be the thing that they're like fairly good at, you know? And the, the motivation and the agenda behind what they're doing is fame and it's not the work. And I think when you're actually pursuing music and you're pursuing it from a good place, like, you're fine with the fact that the reward for your hard work is more work. Um, And I think that that's great. You know, that's why we do it. Because for me, it's, for me, um, it's fun. The the fun part of it is, uh, yeah, exactly. To quote the great Biggie Smalls, more money, more problems. Um, that was Biggie, right? That wasn't Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy sucks, man. The four, I, uh, it's, it's weird. It's weird to watch out. Who is it? Who's the other judge? Um, DJ Khaled. (laughs) Um, but I think it's fun to make music on a high level. And when you make music on a high level and you continually challenge yourself, um, there's going to be more bullshit that you have to deal with. Um, but in the end, the bullshit's worth it because the music is the thing on the pedestal and that is the thing you keep chasing and to keep chasing it and to keep making it on the highest level with people who are talented, people who are like pushing you and that like are better than you. That's, I mean, you just kind of have to, you kind of have to deal with everything that's involved. Um, and that's what I love about it. And I know that's what the people who I play with love about it. Um, it's like playing golf. You know what I mean? You don't want to play with people who suck. You want to play with people who are better than you because they explain it and they help you make, uh, make a shot that you wouldn't have. I don't know. Or disc golf, any type of golf, really. (laughs) I actually played golf with Dan the other day for the first time. And I was pumped up about my round because I uh, I had a nice, buttery 7-iron shot from the fairway. Pin seeker right to the hole. I didn't, I didn't get it in, but it was like a one putt, which was great. Um, I actually have played disc golf one time um, at Paul's wedding. And that was actually Paul. I, keep, I mentioned Paul, Paul Dumas. He is uh, my best friend, drummer, who I played with since I was a kid um his wedding day we played disc golf it was his first time it was I think all of our first times except one of the groomsmen uh well it wasn't a groomsman uh Tim saw Sayers Tim had played before but Paul actually like the disc golf uh gods were on his side because I think he played under par for his first round of disc golf ever um but man, it's crazy. It's such a like this this like sport is is kind of taken off. Like when I was playing golf the other day, like real golf the other day, this course in I think it was where where was it? Uh Antioch? No, it wasn't Antioch. It was somewhere near like near the the, the lake in Nashville. The golf course actually had a disc golf uh course attached, so I was getting screwed up where the disc golf flags were 
and the green flags were. But um, first drive off the tee, there were some disc golfers behind me, and I had a sick drive. It was one I had like three good shots that whole round, and one of them was my first drive off the tee. And uh, they were like, "Oh, nice, nice shot, bro!" And I was pretty proud. I'm always proud when I make a nice shot when people are watching, you know, because you can actually you have proof that you did it. <laughs> It's like the people who snowboard. They're like, yo, you see my 540? It's like, nah, dude, because we were all in front of you because we're way faster than you. I didn't see that 540 you you did. Uh-oh. John Hartnett's in the house. Legend. What up, dude? So John Hartnett, my cousin, is on the live feed right now, and his son, Wesley, I think probably the cutest baby on Instagram just had his first birthday and I missed it like a son of a bitch but uh we're gonna hang this weekend John and Gene are coming up what up dude <laughs> um so anyway yeah this is just me rambling the whole time actually one of the cool things about this podcast this mobile podcast studio here I got my grandfather's uh my my mom's dad. Let me flip this screen here. My mom's dad, who actually died a month before I was born, so I never met him. He played minor league baseball, and I have, if you're watching the live feed right here, I have his baseball glove, which is one of those, like, 1920s, like, just huge. It it doesn't even look like a baseball glove. It looks like a, uh, just a very thick glove. Um... So they have this glove, and I've actually played catch with it before, and it's pretty fun because you don't catch the ball in, like, the webbing of the baseball glove. You catch it in the palm of your hand. It's, like, this cool family heirloom um, that's been with us. I mean, since, I don't know, I don't know when he played. That would have been, like, the 40s, 50s, something like that. Who knows? And I'm sitting at the piano. This thing. Super out of tune. <laughs> uh, this is my grandmother's piano. And it's a hundred or so years old. It's a chickering from Boston, Massachusetts. And the chickerings were actually famous because they were the first piano company to use a cast iron frame in their pianos. So this is a bit of a family heirloom as well. It was my grandmother's mother's passed down to her. She kept it at her house up in New Hampshire, which if you listen to one of my earlier podcasts, I talked about uh, the song Walter and Allison. Allison was my grandmother, the past owner of this piano. So they had it up in New Hampshire. And um, I know in the song it says Walter built the house. Allison built the home. Oh, Walter bought a piano for Allison to play. Walter actually didn't buy the piano. Um, this was passed down from Allison's mom, but which my uncle Dana at the funeral pointed out to me. And I was like, Dana, can't let the truth get in the way of a good story or a good song. Um, so, uh, yeah, so this is the piano. And then, uh, when they passed, it was, uh, it skipped a generation and now it's passed down to me. So I got it at my mom's house now. And I think eventually at some point, like, once, you know, I have a hit song and I can actually 
buy a house, I'll move it down to Nashville. But until then, it's in my mom's basement, which is a finished basement. And uh, it's just a table for all of my nephew's toys. <laughs> and there's a diaper down here, too, on it. And some weird other shit. But, yeah, I'll get it tuned up. It's kind of old, and I think actually... Don't quote me on this, but I think that when this piano, if so, if it was a hundred or so years old, it was around like 1918 Boston Red Sox last world series until 2004. Um, bye Cindy. I'll see you. Hopefully I'll see you up in Buffalo, but I think, so now the tuning system is based on a 440, which means like 40, 440 vibrations per second makes the note a. Um, I think the tuning system was not that when this piano was built. I think it was like, this might sound so dumb, but I think it was like, uh, uh, like a couple vibrations flat. I think it might've been like a 430 or something. I don't know exactly what it is, but I think the tuning system was different back then. Um, so this piano doesn't hold the tune as well as a piano built post, um, a 440. And our last piano tuner told me that. So it's hard to keep this one in tune. It wouldn't be a good recording piano, but it's a great, um, it's just a great piece of history in piano building and in my family history. So I'm really excited. I wish that I could get it tuned so I can mess with it. Also, another piece of information about this piano, I wrote um, Fools in Love. It was the first song I ever wrote on a piano. Um, we had it at our last house in Beverly at 99 Herrick. And I was just messing around with some chords and started singing. And through that, I wrote uh, Fools in Love, which is one of our older songs. One of my favorite songs I've written up until this point. Um, but yeah, a little piece of history about the piano. Cool. All right. Well, I think I've rambled enough. I think that's going to be it for me. Um, so thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thanks to everyone tuning into the live feed. Um, if you're up in New Hampshire or you're up in New England and you have Saturday off, you feel like uh, coming up to New Hampshire and seeing the band play up at Adatash, you should do that. The weather's going to be great. We're playing outside. Um, you can hit up the mountain coaster. That's going to be awesome. Thanks again to everyone for tuning in. Uh, always check out Dude Stoked. Your Dude Stoked on Instagram um, or the Big Cartel Store. Visit RossLivermore.com for all the upcoming dates. Um, later, Austin. I'll see you. And um, all the stuff with the podcast. You can always check out Hey World playlist on Spotify along with my music on Spotify. This is not forever. And uh, yeah, so have a great week, everyone. Hopefully, we'll see you all up in New Hampshire. And if not... Um, we have some uh, new New England dates we just booked that I'm going to be announcing pretty soon. So thanks thanks again for tuning in to episode 14 of Hey World. Uh, and I will see you somewhere down the line. Somewhere down the line. Okay. I'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.